Hello and welcome to the Fellowship Phase, an Adventures in Middle-earth podcast. I'm Josh and that's Callum. We're going to give you inside information on how to find your own path through Tolkien's world. And just at that moment, he felt more tired than he ever remembered feeling before. He was thinking, once again, of his comfortable chair before the fire in his favourite sitting room in his hobbit hole, and of the kettle singing, not for the last time. Hello, Cam. Hello, George. Welcome to the fellowship phase. I don't know whether I'm welcoming you or the listeners, but welcome everyone to the fellowship phase. Um, what are we talking about today? Well, as per Bilbo's daydreaming thoughts there, we thought we'd have a short rest on the podcast. A short rest. Now, looking at that chapter actually made me think, is the phrase in role-playing games a short rest from the chapter which is entitled to short rest. I'm going to just say it is. Yeah, it definitely is. You've heard, if you heard it here, that's where it's all come from. Uh, that's where the D&D <laughs> community got it from. I don't know. I don't know. But Let's just say it is. In our world, it's canon. A short rest is a talking phrase. It is. We're going to talk about resting rules and the different options available because we've now got the Adventures of Middle Earth resting rules that we've been playing with and have been tweaking. We've also got the Lord of the Rings 5th edition role-playing resting rules, which was a slight tweak on that. And we've got the variant resting rules from the Dungeon Master's Guide from 5th edition, all of which I think give us some good options. There are some pros and cons, and we wanted to talk to each other and the listeners about the benefits of. So yes. Should we start with the rules from 5th edition vanilla D&D? which were the starting point for this whole discussion. So yes. what are the standard resting rules? The standard resting rules are there's two types of rest, a short rest and a long rest. There is no medium rest. Maybe there should be. A short rest is a period of dun- downtown. <laughs> downtown. Dun- in Dunland, in they call it Dunton. Uh, downtime of an hour, at least. And you do nothing more than nothing more strenuous than eating, drinking, reading and tending to wounds you can spend hit dice up to the maximum number of hit dice which can get some hit points back and there's some abilities that happen in the short rest the long rest is a period of extended downtime at least eight hours long during which you sleep for at least six hours and perform more than two hours of light activity as per the short rest and at the end of a long rest you get back all your hit dice you remove one level of exhaustion and uh, uh, yeah, there's a couple other benefits and and various abilities recharge. So yeah. a, a lot of a lot of fifth edition D and D resolves around an adventuring day, which has is it seven encounters? Is meant is, seven or eight yeah, encounters? Yeah, and you have you know a couple of short rests. Interesting, Baldur's Gate free they they limit you to I think is it two or three short rests per day. So you, you actually it's quite an interesting way of doing it. You can't just keep short resting, short resting, short resting. Um, and that's pretty standard. And I think everybody who's familiar with 5th edition is familiar with those rules. 
So in essence, it is a short rest is a break, and a long rest is usually the end of the day asleep. Yeah, that's what the rules are. Yep. Okay, so Adventures of Middle Earth, which is how we started role playing with uh, Middle Earth, is based on Fifth Edition, but tweaks those rules a little bit. So the rules in Adventures Middle-earth use the same structure, a short rest, which gives you some ability benefits back and which you can roll for your hit points, and also a long rest in which you uh, recoup all your hit points and get all of your abilities back. But it's not quite the same. So what differences have we got between 5th edition and Adventures Middle-earth? Yeah, so Adventures Middle-earth says they work as they do in the core rules, Apart from during journeys, so the game is split up into sort of journeys, adventure phase, and then fellowship phase. Hey, that's the, the name, name of the show. show. <laughs> and during the journey phase, you cannot take a long rest. They, the lore master may choose to rule what a long rest is, though. So they give some examples of what you should um, have in order for people to get a long rest okay. out of that event. So you can't long rest during journeys. Mm -hmm. And then outside of journeys, you can maybe get a long rest if you're safe from threat of attack, you're in a place of comfort, although what you define as comfort might be different from, uh, you know, character to character, uh, tranquility, and um, essentially they're saying that, you know, you, you can maybe get a long rest, but it's not as guaranteed. Whereas I think in 5th edition, it's like, we will long rest, yeah. we will short rest. Whereas in Adventures of Middle-earth, they're saying, okay, you can still short rest on your journeys. They don't make any changes to that. But long rest you can't do. And uh, even when you when you are potentially able to get long rest, there's some criteria that you have to meet to do it. So generally just a bit harder to rest. Although not that hard. And short rests are unchanged. Short rests are unchanged. And as a result, there are abilities in both... Um, across some of the different classes that have slightly flipped when you recover them, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, a lot more stuff recovers in a short rest. Yes, because it's much harder to get your long rest, yeah. um, which is important because a lot of the, the kind of rules design around basic 5th edition is some characters rely on short rests, so they have small pools of resources that regenerate quickly, and others regenerate only on a long rest. And depending on your party balance, it can sometimes then affect which one you want. That's much less the case in Adventures Middle-earth because it's very hard to get a long rest. So short rests are kind of routine and the game is structured on that. Yeah. So it makes sense because the game's built around journeys. They should be more arduous. And I suppose it does make sense that just sleeping under a, a tent or a tree in the wild is not as restful as staying at the Prancing Pony or in Bilbo's Hobbit hole. I suppose that makes sense. That's where we started, but we've kind of moved moved a bit in terms of what we do yeah so we'll maybe cover what we do and then we'll look at what the new lord of the rings fifth edition role-playing game does yes so i think i always struggle a bit with short rest because it's like one hour oh wow like huge recovery <laughs> that doesn't really make sense and i always felt like in normal D D, like a long rest it seemed you know yeah as josh said um Josh said, somewhat unrealistic, and we quite like a gritty realism approach. So um, I, I'm not sure if we did this deliberately or not, or maybe I just misunderstood the original Adventures of Middle-earth um, rules. But we, we did the approach of, if you're on a journey, then generally speaking, you'll be able to short rest only in a 
place that's safe mm -hmm. and you need like an overnight. So basically short rests have become long rests. Yes. In, in, in many ways. Yeah. So a sleep on its own is not... Just one night's rest, is if it's somewhere dangerous or exposed, does not count as a short rest. Yeah, it's actually really hard to get short rests. Mm -hmm. And long rests, um, I think you've almost always had to be in a sanctuary or like a safe place. And we've ruled that it's like a... I say we. I've ruled that it's a week. So you need seven days. Although sometimes I've sort of been quite flexible with yeah. that. If it feels like, you know, like Rivendell, for example, I don't, I don't think... We changed the resting rules when you were in Rivendell. What, so you, you wouldn't need to be there as long? No, because I feel like it's a place of healing yeah. and you're, you're sort of magically recovering quicker. Yeah, you have narratively tweaked it sometimes when it made sense or when we maybe needed to leave quicker than that, but had clearly taken a, a proper break. Yeah. Like we weren't doing anything other than resting. I think it's normally how you rule that we can maybe be role playing or out hunting, but we can't be really doing anything meaningful. Yeah, or like fellowship phase stuff. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So in doing so, we made our game harder and it was partly inspired by the gritty realism mm. variant rules from 5th edition. Um, what they do is they... I think I have them in front of me here. Yes. So in the Dungeon Master's Guide for 5th edition, it gives you various variant rules, um, which helps spice the game up a little bit. And there are two different resting variants, one of which makes resting much easier and one of them makes it much harder oh. and the idea is depending on the tone of your game so to make it easier if you're playing what they consider an epic heroism game when you're basically superheroes a short rest is just five minutes what? and a long rest is one hour so combat should be more routine uh, you can recover very quickly spellcasters can cast many more spells because they recover on rests. oh my god that's ridiculous the flip side is gritty realism where a short rest is eight hours and a long rest is seven days. Uh, and what it says here is that this puts the break on the campaign. It requires players to carefully judge the benefits and drawbacks of combat. Characters can't engage in too many battles. Adventuring requires plan. And I think that kind of sums up our style of play, which is we're not looking to go and get involved in five or six combats every single day on the road. That doesn't feel very Tolkien or Middle Earth, really. The battles that are had in the books are quite momentous yeah. and actually few and far between. They're yeah. not constantly fighting. Uh, so I think we kind of lent into those rules, as you say, slightly tweaked, um, which has worked for us. And we're, what, 100 sessions in? And yeah. that's that's worked for us. I, I, think, it, I think it captures the, the tone. Like, I guess the rules are trying to capture the tone and make it feel tense and difficult. And, you know, you can see that in the Fellowship, you know, when, when the Fellowship are, you know, making their way towards Moria, every small interaction is, is coming with risk. It's even the most powerful heroes of the time are reluctant to engage in combat because there's this constant risk of death. And as especially as your player characters level up and become more powerful, you know, at level 10 in Adventure of Middle-earth, they've got a lot of hit points and they've got a lot of reserves. So in order to challenge people, you're not going to be throwing, you know, Balrogs at them and, <laughs> and ridiculousness, unless, you know, you might want to do that. But if you're playing this sort of game that we wanted to play, which was more true to the ethos of the books, then you really need to wear down resources. And I think a lot of the time in 5th edition, that's like traps, it's multiple combats per day. You know, we talk about seven to eight 
encounters per day and there's a lot of discussion on reddit about (laughs) you know how realistic a game design is that because most people don't run their games like that and eventually middle earth as josh says we we, he doesn't run like that it's you know days of adventuring and journeying before before you get the next encounter so i i think i think that's a good compromise you know i wonder about you know the base adventures in middle earth rules would be only an hour for a short rest traveling that feels quite quite short yeah, to me i think so i it does because i i don't see examples from the canon where they would be able to say after a long day's trek sit down for an hour and then just suddenly be able to be back to full strength yeah um because they actually talk about it, both in the hobbit and in lord of the rings when they stop in rivendell they stop for like weeks at a time to rest and recuperate. Yeah. The idea of one hour being enough to recuperate anything seems ridiculous. Yeah. I think we kind of treat the game design more that a journey is the equivalent of an adventuring day. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So at the end of a journey, resting is fine. And that we would typically use all our resources across a journey rather than across one 24-hour period. And how does that feel as a player? Because obviously... It is making it much more difficult. And I know as a player in 5th edition, I certainly, when I first started playing, I was very keen to take as many short rests as possible. Yeah. And I think now, getting into character more, it's easier to be like, well, you know, it doesn't make sense for us to rest. Or like the, the, the DM is very good at creating a sense of, you know, urgency yeah. so that you don't want to, to, don't want to rest because you want to get on with what you're meant to be doing. So how does this sort of gritty realism variant rules that we've been using, how does that come across? I like it. I think it helps stick to what the theme of the game is, which is going on long journeys around Middle-earth. Because what it means is, when you look at your resources, so as Halmir, as a warrior, I've got things like um, action surge, when I can take an extra action in combat, and uh, I also have uh, second wind, where I can basically draw an extra reserves of hit points. They both recuperate on a short rest. Now, I think the idea that a short rest has to be in a safe place and it has to be overnight, so it's not that we're doing it every single night, makes sense. Because I don't think it makes sense for a character like Helmir, who would be the equivalent of Boromir, for instance. You don't see him every day on the road being able to like dig that deep and actually go above and beyond what a man mm. can do. Maybe once every so often you see when he's protecting the little ones or whatever. So I think it makes sense that you would plan your resources based on the length of the journey um, and things that you can only use once on the long rest. Again, I think the framework of, okay, we're going there, like our destination is to get to Rivendell. It's going to take us three or four weeks. I can only do this once before we get to Rivendell. Makes the resources really valuable. And I think when you use them, it means it's much more meaningful because you know this is the only time before that definitive point that you can... Um, you can achieve what you want to achieve. What I also think is fun is, rather than it being based on time, when effectively you can just be like, right, I'm just going to sit down and wait for the clock to basically run out. And like people don't play RPGs <laughs> at real time. So you can just say, well, let's just sit and wait here for eight hours. And we won't do it. We'll just, we'll just wait as characters. You can't do that with the gritty realism rules because you have to actually get to the destination. Yes, yeah. Regardless of how long it takes you to get there, you're not getting the benefit till you've arrived. So you have to finish the quest before you get the the reward, which I think works well for us. So there's one rule um, that, that kind of 
interacts with this mm -hmm. in the Wanderer rules, which is uh, the, the known lands. So we talked about that before with, with Stuart, who played Wunin. And essentially, in your known lands, your Wanderer becomes a bit of a superhero. Yeah. But one of the parts of that is you know at least one place in each known land where you can safely take a long rest. Settlement where you have friends, perhaps, or a hidden cabin in the woods, or simply a dry and defensible cavern or secret glade. And I guess my advice for how to work that into your game, because you don't want it to just be like, oh, we're in known lands, long rest. Yeah. We're in my known lands, long rest. Is to say, okay, work with your player character in this known land, where is the long rest place? Yeah. You know, what makes sense? Is it a location? Because what I did actually was when people had known lands, I took the information about that area in the lore master's guide and before we like early on in the game i sent them loads of information so they as a player had access to some of the dm you know the lore master's information about that area and then you could say okay what is that area and then instead of it just being right we can take a long rest on this journey now it's still a decision and there's some interesting choice there because it's not like okay you know you know here's an easy rest Rather, the decision is like, well, I know a safe space that we could rest. So, for example, I think in the uh, the area just southeast of Gundabad, um, there's a like a dwarven. I won't give too many spoilers, but there's like a, a secret dwarven base there, and so that might be the area that that you know as a wanderer, if you're a dwarf, that is a long rest, or if you're known land and you're a Bjorning, it might be like the house of someone that is loyal to Bjorn in that in that area. The Vale of Gundabad, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess it's like if you're going to use these gritted realism rules and you've got a wanderer of known lands, then definitely allow them to take benefit of that, mm -hmm. but still make it a choice. So rather than just being like you get a rest, it's more, you know, do you really want to take a detour? That's going to slow you down or, you know, adding some complications to that. Yeah, so there's a reward, but also there's a cost, opportunity cost in doing it. Like, yeah. yes, you can you can get one in unusual circumstances, but it's going to take you this detour or it might expose you to a different kind of encounter yeah. because you've got to go in different terrain. Another thing that kind of makes me think our rules are a better way or almost the intended way is, so Halmir is a multi-class warrior and warden. Mm. One of the warden rules early on is campfire tales. So beginning at second level, you can help revitalize your wounded allies during a short rest. If you tell tales during a short rest, then you and nearby friendly creatures listening to the tales gain an additional 1d6 hit points per hit die spent. So it's not quite doubling up because some people's hit dice are higher than a d6, but you're, you're kind of giving people double hit point bonuses on a short rest. The fact it's called Campfire Tales, though, it's, it implies to me that it's not just an. It, need, it feels like it needs to be an overnight in a safe place. Yes. The idea of sitting down by a campfire and sharing tales, and the way we've run it is, I've actually told like a story of some so, kind yeah, I love it, of Halmir's past, and other people have used that as a role play opportunity. That feels like the short rest where you're benefiting. You need to be properly resting, not just sitting down for a short period of time. Yeah, I know when I go for a long hike hike in the highlands that if i've got an hour uh, rest i sit down and start a fire <laughs> and start telling tales that feels in scottish terms campfire tales feels like if you stopped overnight in a bothy and had a fire with some strangers who were staying in the yeah. bothy that would feel yeah. like 
It's not an hour long thing. You're not setting campfire tales up in an hour. You'd be like, quickly, quick, we've only got an hour. (laughs) Get the fire going, get the stories out, you know, come on, we have to hurry up. Yeah. So that's, I guess, how how we've applied it. And I I hope that that's led to a game that feels more tense, more um, close to the, the, the theme that we see in the in the books and maybe in the film as well. Now, how does Lord of the Rings' fifth edition role playing game address this? Yeah, well, of course, we're not the the only people who've moved the game forwards. There is now uh, effectively a, a second edition of this available. The rules variant that they use for resting um, is, as they say, is it employs a variant of the standard fifth edition rules. So they still stick with the short and long rest dynamic. No medium rest. There's no medium rest still. <laughs> Play heroes can benefit from a long rest exclusively in sheltered and safe refuges, i.e. not on the road. The safe havens of a company certainly count as sheltered refuges, as well as any city or settlement where the company are welcomed on friendly terms. At the lawmaster's discretion, a deserted but well-sheltered place in the wilds could also be suitable for a long rest. So that's similar to the vibe that we use, that being in the wilds or on the road is not a time for a, a long rest. That really you need to be in a very safe, sheltered place, probably a community, probably at the beginning or the end of a journey. Short rest uh, happens during a journey, but must be at least eight hours long, during which mm. a character sleeps or performs only light activities. If the players stop travelling for at least 24 hours because they've reached the destination or they have decided to make a significant stop, they can take short rests of one hour. So that adds a bit of variety there. Their short rest is the same as ours. It has to be eight hours. It doesn't require you to be in as safe a space as Mm. your rules do, but it's still an overnight thing. And uh, it leans into the idea that if you've rested for a while, you can take shorter breaks, which is interesting. So yeah, because I guess that means that, like, say you're doing some of our journeys have taken like weeks. Yeah, uh, because you've been going all over the Andean Vale and, and you know, really long distance journeys. And I guess if there's no limit on safety, the short rest you get to use a lot more short rest. Yeah. But I think that's maybe fine because you then end up, you know, hit dice become a resource. You know, you may have infinite short rests or as many short rests as you want on that journey. But you don't. The resources that you're recharging, some of them are finite. I yes. guess some abilities you you would use a lot more. You would. Um, and to be fair, the the reworked rules in Lord of the Rings role playing fifth edition, some of those abilities have been tweaked on what is a short rest ability and what's a long rest ability to reflect these yeah. rules. We're we're dipping into the book in small snippets. Coming soon will be an depth review, which we we've, we've made through half of and. Uh, we're excited to share our thoughts of, on the the new rules with you upcoming, but I think that's that's resting rules. I wondered if we had some examples from our game that we could share where where the resting rules had a big impact or how they were applied. But the, I don't know if you can remember any. Well, in a very extreme example, um, late on in Halmir's kind of main plot arc, we ended up in Gundabad, oh, the, yeah. the mountain, the north of Misty Mountains, filled with orcs. We were there for. I think in in kind of in-game terms, maybe 48 hours or something, quite a long period of time. That's obviously not considered a safe place at all. And we were, you know, underground, under the mountain, in tunnels, there were orcs and dangers around. 
we didn't actually get a rest mechanically the entire time we were there. Mm. We had to sleep because it, otherwise we would have got exhaustion. And we, I think we found a, a sort of a, a cave or somewhere that we could hide and yeah. protect ourselves. What it meant, though, and we knew how dangerous it was, it meant that we knew the abilities we had access to and our health were completely limited to what we had at the start of yeah. Bad, yeah. which was great because it meant it felt incredibly challenging. And it made sense. It made sense that what we went in with was all we had. We couldn't get a health boost. We couldn't recoup those abilities. And I think that worked well, uh, not being able to take a short rest because we were in a dangerous place. It's quite an extreme example, but it worked really well. One thing that's come to mind that's worth mentioning about the new rules is that in the old rules, if you're a scholar, in particular a master healer, yes, yes, the rules as written, you have access to quite a lot of healing. So the I think the healing dice come back on a short rest and they're you know quite big. So we, I tweaked that with with James who played our master scholar as we went higher in level because I was like this is actually way too powerful and we we sort of dialed down. I think it recharged on a long rest and you, you, the the healing dice were less yeah. significant. Um, now that worked with the rules that we were playing. The way that healing or well, quote unquote healing works in the new rules is that there is no there's no way that i've read so far that you can access an ability to just outside of a rest give someone healing all the healing is tied into resting yeah so if you're going to be playing the new lord of the rings rpg rules you you probably actually do need to make short rests a bit easier to access yes otherwise there's not going to be any ability to, to heal people yeah the the issues around the scholar and the master healer were i remember at the beginning quite a discussion point for us because in fifth edition there's there's magic there's, yeah. there's healing yeah magic. you can go over touch someone they're healed makes sense it's magic magic explains all there, things there, there doesn't seem to be any explanation of how you could heal someone particularly in combat yeah in lord of the rings that someone could be cut down to the point they were unconscious and that you in the space of six seconds could do anything that would then you just get some aphalas injected <laughs> right into the arm I don't so know. it's never really clear what how the healing really worked yeah and being able like you say being able to do it effectively in a short rest when in uh, adventures middle earth short resting is even easier felt kind of antithesis of the way middle earth works where yeah. actually when people are injured or wounded or tired they need long periods of healing yeah like people go to rivendell for weeks and months to recover from adventures not six seconds like he go bang you're good to go go fight the orcs i i think that change to healing makes sense and i guess i mentioned that just because i guess some people listening might be using new rule sets yes. because that rule book is much easier to get hold of uh, and i think we in the future will be trying it out so i guess we'll report back on how we how we find that change but uh, yeah i guess you're maybe maybe to sum up i, I think the way that you run rests can change like it changed certainly in our game and it has to adapt to the rules that you're using and the sort of game that you want to build. Yes. So, you know, if you're finding that you're, you're, it's really hard to challenge your players, then maybe you want to make rests harder to come by. And if it's a really difficult, like, you know, I'm not adverse to sometimes, you know, saying actually, you know, they're in a really bad way. I don't think they're going to survive this. And it's not going to be fun for everybody if you just die, you know, in the middle of nowhere with, with no purpose. So, you know, 
okay, actually, here's a narrative moment. We'll introduce a ruin and you can get a short rest here or something yeah. like that. So using using the rules to, to drive the narrative and build tension and, and not sticking to them um, 100%. Um, yeah. So that's a sort of maybe an adaptive way of doing it. I think so. I think the way that you use rests affects the tone and the pace of the game. Yeah. Which actually those variant rules in the Dungeon Master's Guide actually hint at if you want to have a more heroic game make it easier to rest so you get more abilities you want to have it a more gritty game yeah make it harder to rest. yeah i think i was running a first aid game i probably would, would, <laughs> would run easier resting rules yeah you know stay tuned for the fall of G- G- uh, gondolin <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, i think that would work well um yeah it's interesting i think that we've evolved the rules in our game and since then a new edition has come out which has not exactly the same, but has identified similar things to tweak as it's gone. So, yeah. I hope this has been helpful. I hope so too. Thinking of short rests for hobbits and tall rests for the big folk, we'll move on. No emails except on party business and comments, suggestions, and questions to thefellowshipphase at gmail.com. The long year turns to its close. Much we have accomplished these last seasons. Our fellowship disbands, but is not broken, and we will return. On the next episode of The Fellowship Phase. <laughs>